mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Panther Puri. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Uh, here with me today is my co-host, TJ Peterson. Unfortunately, Alex could not be with us today, though he may pop in later. Uh, but joining us today, a very, very special guest. Uh, from Dauber Prospects, Yoki Nevalainen. Yoki, thanks so much for coming on today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So Yoki covers a lot of uh, a lot of Finland and uh, and Liga uh, and junior players over there. And naturally, the Panthers have a very close association with Finland. And we have our our lovely Finnish prospects, uh, not the least of whom that we've already raved about a ton uh, in the just about three weeks uh, or just over three weeks. Has it been three weeks yet? Whatever. Uh, yes, it has been three weeks since, uh, since the draft uh, when the Panthers took Anton Lindell at 12th overall. And uh, Yoki, we know you have a lot to say about Lindell. So, and you can definitely probably speak a lot more in depth about him than we could. So uh, just tell us a little bit about what you've seen from Anton Lindell just watching him over in Finland. Yeah, well, obviously, I'm, I'm very, very familiar with Lundell. I've been watching him for two and a half, three years now. Uh, he's been a top prospect in his age group for, for a long time here in Finland. And so, so uh, definitely someone that uh, a lot of people here in Finland know. He's, he's been playing at the legal level for, for three years now. So uh, a lot of experience against men, but I think the biggest difference from last season to this season is that his his skating really improved a lot during the long break. I know that he he worked on that uh, really hard. He knew that there there were some things that he needed to fix from his skating, and I I I see a lot of positive signs now that he is able to fix those uh, small details that uh, make a big difference. And he looks so much smoother right now on the ice compared to last season. That's great, because I know uh, skating was actually one of the things in the scouting reports leading up to this draft that had a few people uh, a little a little gun-shy on him uh, in particular, uh, which was, I think, one of the reasons he fell out of out of that top 10. I know there were the, the range on Lindell was huge going into this draft. It was like, I saw him as high as like four and as low as 15. Um, so definitely good to see that he's working on uh, working on the skating uh, portion of his game. Uh, a lot of people also have questions about his offensive uh, ability compared to his very mature defensive game. Uh, right now, he's one of the leaders uh, in Liga in points. I think he has 10 points uh, right now, and also worth noting that he missed some time to injury. He's also second in Liga in goals. Uh, Funny enough, tied with uh, another Panther prospect, Alexi Sarla, 
so how, uh, how has he been working on his offensive game? What have you seen there uh, that might be able to quiet some people's critiques? Well, uh, I, I think most of the critique was unwarranted last season. So he, <laughs> he didn't really have the great line mates that uh, he was playing a third line, not defensive role last season. And you can't put up points playing that type of a role. True. So I think this season he's playing a top six or more of a two-way role with good line mates. And, and I think it's just natural progression combined with the improved skating, but also the the confidence to to take some risks offensively and and to have better line mates who can help him with that. He's not alone anymore on his line of trying to create something. So it's just natural progression for a guy like him. Uh, the offensive upside was always there. Maybe not as a as a high end like 80 plus point guy, but uh, I think he can be a 60 plus point player in his prime. Uh, but I think with all uh, all of these two-way strong two-way players, the the critique is always about their offensive upside, and then. All of a sudden, once they get to the NHL and they get comfortable there, people start to wonder that why did we have that critique to begin with? Because <laughs> it's just not uh, it's just not warranted at all. And I think we've seen this with uh, Ryan O'Reilly, for example. A lot of people said that he doesn't have any offensive upside just because he was so good defensively, and everyone focused on that. So uh, it it will come. Uh, Maybe not right away. Uh, he could play the first couple of years more of a defensive role because he's really good at that. But eventually, in his prime, he's going to be a really strong two-way player. That's so exciting. It almost sounds like he's uh, what what we romanticize Barkov to be. Maybe not quite as offensively gifted as Barkov is. Barkov's just a wizard uh, with the puck as well. And I'm not I'm not totally sure how Lindell would compare there it sounds like he definitely has at least the finishing ability uh i mean we saw in that first game back uh from his from his mysterious injury i i mean the kid puts in four goals in just over 20 minutes of ice time yeah hit him with the four like austin matthews is that what we <laughs> yeah <saw>? exactly <laughs> uh so definitely good at finishing and there was definitely evidence of being able to carry the puck as well um i don't even remember if barkov had the, that offensive ability critique uh, in in his draft year, probably I, not because he went number two. Yeah, well, he wasn't supposed to though, right? That that like that was the whole thing. Um, but we we already know what Barkov is capable of. We're not here to to harp too much on uh, on him. Uh, but given the Panthers' center depth, Yoki, you mentioned that maybe for the first couple of years, uh, Lindell might be uh, might fill a more defensive role. Uh, but I feel like he's probably the second best center the Panthers have in their system right now. Uh, so, I mean, could you see him being able to pop in uh, once league's season ends uh, in, in early 2021, March or April or so? Uh, could you see him being able to pop into to a 2C role in the NHL? Or, or does he really need that time in the, on the third line? Uh, well, it's, it's not really impossible because of his strong all-around game so he probably wouldn't be able to create much offense for his line mates but he could be a really good complementary player uh, if he had like two very talented wingers around him 
So maybe it wouldn't be the best second line, but I think uh, if if they really needed a guy to fill in that uh, second line center role, I think he could do it. But maybe he would better, be better suited for a third line role to start with and then move up to the second line in a year or two. If I were to chime in just in terms of my opinion of what I think will happen, I see Bill, Bill Zito as a guy that really believes in the AHL as a developmental league. And I see him as a guy that isn't going to rush prospects to the show generally from what Columbus has done. And I mean, he was the GM of a, an AHL championship winning team. So clearly they had guys in the AHL that they believed in and that were able to produce at a high level because they won the championship. So my expectation would be that Lindell will stay in Liga until it's clear that he's ready at least for a middle six center role. And maybe that means he's on the third line because the Panthers have found that two C and him being, you know, 19 or 20, he's not going to be that guy yet, but I would be a little bit concerned if they decided that their center needs were so pressing that they wanted to only give him the rest of the season in Liga before they decided they needed to bring him over because he still isn't done developing his offensive tools. Do you think that's fair to say, Yoki? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's a lot, a uh, lot of room to grow in his game, especially offensively. Uh, and because of that, I I do agree with your opinion that it would be better for his development probably to play that third line role to start with and grow into that number two role eventually. I love the difference here of, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here just being like, yeah, no, slot him in a 2C right now. Let's go. And TJ saying, no, 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 AHL, like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. I, I, I think I'm, I'm looking at this more from the perspective of, like, almost, uh, almost a defeatist perspective of assuming that none of, like, Alex Wenberg or, or Vinny Unistroza or Carter Verhage uh, can pan out as a 2C for the Panthers and they, uh, they might need, um, they might need Lindell's help right away, but I'm hopefully they, they have the luxury of giving him some time, uh, in the AHL, uh, before, before bumping him up. I just, I'm very excited to be able to see Lindell, uh, on a night to night basis, just from like the highlight reels that I watch and the, and the draft, uh, the draft profiles. Um, he's a really exciting player to me. Yeah, and he's definitely a player I enjoy watching because it's it's rare to have a teenager who who plays such a detailed game, uh, starting with his positioning, the the way he he uses his stick, the way he positions his his blades, even that he's ready for the next play, whatever it might be, is always anticipating the next play, uh, whether it's offensive or defensive play. And I just really enjoy watching a player like that who's a 19-year-old kid and already has all those small details down down so well that uh, you you usually just see NHL players having that level of detail in their game. So uh, I definitely enjoy watching him, even after he was drafted when I'm officially not really interested in these guys anymore but i still enjoy watching him right now so he's one of those rare players that i i really enjoy watching uh whenever i have a chance it's it's interesting the way you phrase that like he's always ready for the next play because bill zito has put 
uh, a big emphasis on what he calls cerebral players. Uh, and it sounds like uh, Lindell is a perfect fit in, uh, in for, for what Bill Zito is really after for building this roster. So that's, that's also very, very promising that, uh, that he thinks the game at that NHL level already. Uh, I, I love hearing, hearing people talk about stick-based defense. That's, <laughs> that's my bread and butter. And maybe it's why Alexander Barkov is my favorite player in the NHL right now, just because that, that stick work is so good. <laughs> yeah, and, and Lundell has said multiple times that uh, Datsuk and Barkov are the two players he, that he's been watching on tape, that just because of that stick play, that they are maybe the best uh, box stealers from the past, 20 years in the NHL, they just they just steal everyone's pucks, and and that's something that Lundell has been adding to his game and trying to watch what's tape of those two guys, that trying to learn from them how to be a better all-around player, and I think it shows up in in his game now. I love hearing the Datsuk love. That's I mean I was just hearing uh what one of my friends a a Russian friend of mine actually recently caught up with me and asked me who my favorite Russian player was and. First of all, I had to clarify all time or right now, and and she said uh, of all time, and without hesitation, Datsuk was was my answer. So I guess I, I guess you know, even looking back, that's kind of the player that I love to watch uh, all the way back as far as my my love for hockey goes. So I never, I you know, you you just put it that way, and I never really noticed that uh, that similarity uh, or that that trend rather. So I I love hearing that uh Lindell has been watching Dotsuk film too that's that that excites me even more I, TJ I think uh I think Lindell has to be my next jersey I I think I just decided <laughs> I just wonder what number he's gonna have when he eventually makes the NHL he wears well, 15 in Liga right I think that would be available on the Panthers right now well we certainly don't have 15 retired <laughs> um so I, I think the next, uh, unless anyone has any closing thoughts on, on uh, Anton Lindell, my next favorite player, uh, I think the, the next player we really want to hit on is uh, his, uh, his goals counterpart in Liga, uh, Alexi Sarla. Uh, Sarla has been a very interesting player to Panthers fans, very divisive, uh, and I know he was kind of hit or miss in Carolina and Chicago, um, a lot of, I think a lot of Panthers fans kind of went in negative on Sarla just because they loved Ian McCaution, but uh, he's, he's what he, he seems like one of those four a players, one of those players that's just too good for the AHL, uh, but hasn't quite been able to develop to the NHL level yet. Uh, that's just my very surface level uh, uh, feeling from Sarla. I know he's part of that Charlotte checkers AHL championship team, which, is very nice. You love having players who know what it's like to win at any level. Uh, but what what uh, what can you tell us about Sarla uh, as he uh, as he also has those eight goals tied with Lindell and Liga right now? Yeah, uh, I think he only has like one assist to go with it. So uh, maybe <laughs> that's that's part of the problem in his game. That uh, not maybe the most well-rounded player uh, out there, uh, but the offensive skills. Uh, especially the goal scoring skills are definitely there and the skating i think is is good enough to play at the nhl level already so it's it's a matter of giving him a chance to to play an offensive role in the nhl you need to take that chance and if it doesn't if it doesn't pan out then 
you move on, I guess. Uh, but he's he's not really the type of player that you can put on the fourth line and let him right. play his way up from there. Uh, I don't see that really working for him, and I think that's part of the reason that he didn't get too many opportunities at the NHL level on the past organizations. He was mostly playing just in the AHL, where his production was obviously really, really good, uh, but he, he never really got that chance to play an offensive role in the NHL. And I, I think at some point you just have to give him that that chance and, and see what happens. Uh, I think there's a decent chance that he, he could become an NHL player and and take advantage of that opportunity. Uh, but uh, I wouldn't call him a lock uh, by any means. That I think the, there's still definitely work to be done in his play without the puck. And, and that's that's the concern I have. But uh, he, he's, he's had great success to start this season, and maybe that builds his confidence. And once the NHL training camps begin, that... Well, assuming they sign him by then, I, I believe he's still a free agent right now. But if so. assuming they sign him, uh, uh, I think I hope they give him a chance to to play at the start of the season because he should be coming in uh, with good confidence after after a strong start of the season in Finland. Yeah, so almost Brandon Peary like stats in Liga right now, like you said, that eight goals and one assist, uh, and maybe this is just me, like totally hypothesizing but I wonder how well he'd work like maybe you put together a third line depending on how much you believe in Carter Verhage uh, maybe you can put together like a third line of Alex Wenberg who never shoots and Vinny Hinostroza who's a great middle six play driver uh, so maybe like the three of them with uh, with Sarla on the on the left uh, Wenberg in the middle and Hinostroza on the right maybe uh, maybe you might be able to make the most of of his talents and maybe cover up some of his deficiencies that way. But that's, that's, that's just a uh, line theory that uh, ultimately obviously does not fall to, to me. <laughs> I mean, looking at Bill Zito's plan, other than Carter Verhage, he didn't really go out there in the market and get somebody that's going to be a scoring winger. And we, Verhage might not even play wing. He's a natural center. Right. So that's my, maybe where he slots in and you know we, we haven't seen him dive into a big fish either we dive in to try to catch one i should say uh you know mike hoffman is not signed by the panthers right now evgeny oh, dadnov was signed by the ottawa senators anthony duclair they've been linked to him but i sort of think that that link is cooling off i don't know if he's going to be somebody that bill zito is still targeting i think that the way the offseason has gone he's going to get an opportunity. And I don't know if it's going to be off the bat, but this weird season is going to have injuries. Like we saw a bunch of injuries in the bubble. So I am confident that he is going to get a real chance in the top nine to show off what he can do at the NHL level. And the fact that he's not going to put up big assists, you know, you would like it, but the Panthers signed a bunch of guys that aren't, necessarily going to be called upon to score the goals so that can be the guy he can be the guy that scores the goals in the nhl at least i don't know if you're replacing hoffman and dad and near 30 goals uh, near 60 combined goals rather with uh with with some combination of like sarala and owen Tippett, but uh we definitely do need people who can score goals in the in the bottom six 
uh, hell, the bottom nine. Uh, and and I, it does make sense to at least give Sarla that shot there, provided we don't sign like an Anthony Duclair. Um, Yoki, how how far up the lineup do you think Sarla might uh, might cap out or feel comfortable playing? In the NHL, you mean? Yeah. yeah so. uh, probably in the third line. I think that's yeah. He he's nearing his peak already. Right. He's uh, twenty three so, years old, right? Yeah. So yeah. I think. Uh, now is the time to give him that third line role, and if if he doesn't make it, then maybe he never does. Uh, but I think that's pretty much his his ceiling uh, eventually in the NHL as well. And just to go back to what I was talking about with Bill Zito, that works into his plan well. This is kind of a season where he's assessing his pieces. He wants to give them an opportunity to show him what value they're going to bring to the organization going forward. And I think that Sarla is definitely a part of it at this age, you know, he's entering his prime. It's sink or swim. If he's not ready to play in the NHL now, he's not an NHL player. Yeah, that could definitely be, but I I do wonder if they, if they, or what happens with the contract negotiations, because right now Sarla holds all the cards. He's not signed by the Panthers. So he can decide if he wants to stay in Finland for the full season or if he wants to sign a contract with the Panthers. Uh, so maybe there's a discussion that what kind of a role do the Panthers see for him and only if, if they see eye to eye that maybe Sarla then signs a contract with them. Uh, so I don't know how that negotiation is going to go, uh, but, it, but it will be an interesting situation to follow because he's one of the rare... like restricted free agents playing in Finland. Most of the NHL players are on loan instead of uh, right. being free agents. And, you know, in, in assuming the best and the Panthers do manage to sign him, um, and then assuming the worst after that, you do still need productive AHL players uh, to help with prospect development. Like, let's say, for example, Lindell does get, like, 1C AHL time uh, after he comes over. He's going to need wingers. Uh, and Grant, well, I don't know how well Sarla and Lindell's skill sets mesh. They both seem to be more of finishers. Uh, not that it's necessarily a bad thing to have uh, to have two scorers on one line, uh, especially when they are as dominant as Sarla has been in the AHL, and as as I assume Anton Lindell will be too. Uh, <laughs> yes, TJ finishers. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so maybe maybe that does work. Maybe maybe you can get Sarla and Lindell on an AHL line together, and that just helps Lindell uh, create that offensive uh, ability a little bit more quickly uh, than otherwise. So we'll we'll see what happens with Sarla. Uh, again, a very very divisive uh, divisive name in Pantherland, but uh, I, I don't think there's much else we we can really talk about with him. At least not until he signs. Uh, so the next uh, the next name on the list we've got uh, talking talk about divisive uh, Panthers prospects from Finland, uh, Henrik Borgström, <laughs> uh, former first overall pick, absolutely dominated the NCAA, uh, was probably rushed uh, to the NHL, uh, which kind of hit his development a little bit. Was was solid in the AHL uh, in the eighteen nineteen season, twenty two points in twenty four games. Uh, but his development stunted a little bit last year. Uh, and right now he's rostered with uh, IFK Helsinki in Liga, but I don't think he's really seen any ice time yet. Uh, no, he, he picked up an injury 
uh, it was already known yeah. before he signed that he, he was injured coming in. Uh, I don't remember how long he'll be out, but uh, it shouldn't be much longer now. So uh, after today, there will be a week long break in the schedule. So maybe he comes back after that. Uh, but yeah, uh, an injury is keeping him out right now. But but once he he he's cleared, I think he's going to play a pretty decent role, probably like a, well, at least a top nine role. The yeah. HIFK team is really stacked right now with all the NHL loans playing there. They have like <laughs> a ton of NHL loans playing there. But uh, so it will be interesting to see what kind of a role he'll get. But he, he definitely should get a, a, a very solid role on that lineup. Do you, Do you think, have an, uh, any idea of what his standing with the Panthers is right uh, now or what his sure. goal is? when the NHL season returns or maybe the AHL season returns even? Well, that's also an interesting situation to follow. Uh, isn't he a restricted free agent as well? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I think kind of a similar situation with Saarela that uh, maybe he's he's requesting some kind of assurances that he's going to be on the NHL lineup instead of the AHL lineup that, uh, a lot of European players, they they don't want to spend that many time or that many years in the AHL. It's really not, not a, a league that anyone enjoys playing in. So once they've spent a couple of years there, they, they usually start to think that, okay, is it worth it uh, to spend my time here that if I'm not going to get an opportunity on the NHL roster, that maybe I should return to Europe. And so I think Maybe both of them are in that situation now that they are starting to wonder if if they need to make some kind of a play within the organization to to get that NHL spot instead of going back to the AHL. Hmm. That's that's a really interesting way of, of looking at that that I, I hadn't really considered. Maybe maybe just because I mean I, I'm a huge fan of Henrik Borgstrom. Uh, I think uh, he does have that NHL upside, but I'm not sure he's shown enough yet to be able to make that kind of demand. Um, I think he definitely can at some point. He's also, I think, 22 or 23 years old. Uh, So he's he's starting to reach that point in his life where he's going to need to shut up or put up. Uh, Sorry, I said that the other way around. It's put up or shut up. So so we'll see uh we'll see what happens with Borgstrom too. That's that's interesting cuz I if there's one thing I kind of know about Bill Zito it's that uh he doesn't toy around in negotiations. Uh so I'm and with Borgstrom's uh with his track record at, at the NHL level uh I don't think that'll end well <laughs> personally. Um Yeah, and that's that's always the risk you take if you if you decide to go that route that uh, yeah. maybe you burn some bridges that you You've never returned to the organization after that, and they still hold your uh, rights, so you can't go anywhere else either. So right. then you're pretty much stuck in Europe uh, if it fails. So it's it's definitely a risky play, uh, but it wouldn't be the first time that someone has no, made that play. And so, and I think around this age is usually when when they start to consider it that. What am I gonna do? Am, am I going to spend another year in the American Hockey League, where uh, players just hate being there? They hate yeah. riding the bus and and being in a in a league full of 
well, not not so much full of goons anymore, but uh, <laughs> there's there are still a lot of players who yeah. whose talents don't really reach that level that they should be playing against those players. And look, I mean, the Panthers AHL affiliates captain was Paul Thompson. I it's <laughs> yeah, we get it. <laughs> but now, see, now I just I. Assuming that we can work things out, I also just have this image in my head of a top line in Charlotte with Borgstrom, Lindell, and Sarala. <laughs> and that's just exciting to me because uh, Borgstrom, when he, uh, when he does get healthy, is, uh, he will be teammates with Anton Lindell. Um, and uh, I mean, got to imagine they're going to be on the top power play together. Oh, for sure, right? Right, Yogi? Um. Well, they are quite stacked, so so we'll see. We'll see, yeah. And they they are running like both of the power play units pretty evenly right now. Uh, I believe they still have uh, Lundell and Emil Bemström on different power play units, and wow. those are those are really two great great players for the league level. So uh, it doesn't really matter on which power play, but uh, yeah, I would assume that he he will be on the power play on on one of the units. <laughs> Uh, while we're talking about the AHL, let's transition to another player that spent last year in that league, Etu Lustarinen. I'm pretty sure that I didn't pronounce that correctly, but you know who I'm talking about, uh, a center <laughs> that the Panthers got in a trade with Carolina, and we really didn't get to see a lot of him for the Panthers' AHL team because the trade happened about, I don't know, two weeks before the COVID-19 uh, pandemic shut down the league. So he's a guy that Panthers fans don't really know a lot about. Yoki, can you tell us what you think of this player at this stage of his career and what Panthers fans should expect from him going forward? Yeah, well, let's start with the name. So, Eetu Luosta. Just to give you an idea. But, but yeah, uh, he's, a, he's a really smart two-way center with good size. Uh, and he's pretty much like a jack-of-all-trades type of player. So, he can... At the lower levels, like in like in the Finnish league, he can be a he can run the power play. He can be a top line center, but in the NHL, uh, I see a bottom six player, uh, hopefully a center, but he could also move to the wing at the NHL level. It wouldn't shock me if that happened. But uh, a really strong two way player uh, works really hard on the ice, can kill penalties, uh, is a strong. Strong, uh, uh, how do you say it? Makes a strong impact at even strength. Uh, I don't really see him being a power play yeah. guy uh, at the NHL level, but more of a solid bottom six forward. Yeah, and you uh, just before we started uh, here, you you sent out a tweet saying that he looks NHL ready uh, as a bottom six uh, as a bottom six center. And I, I think what a lot of people don't totally rationalizes you need bottom six centers not everyone can be a superstar mm-hmm. uh and if if we got if if Lostarinen is is the most impactful return of the trocheck trade like that's still fine we still need that center depth um mm-hmm. i mean it, it, they're both gonna probably end up as your third line center trocheck i think is playing 3c for carolina right now uh and Lostarinen might cap out there for us uh, but uh, I, I think a lot of fans were just a little taken aback uh, from not really recognizing many of the n- names in the return for Vincent Trocek. 
Uh, I just realized that there's a dog on your couch. That makes me happy. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was just a big fluffy pillow and now he's moving and I love him. Uh, her, him, her, him, him. And I love him. Uh, but yeah, Lestarnin is, uh, is someone that a lot of people were like, Oh, who the hell is this guy? This is really the guy we got back from Trocek. He's never been in the NHL. What, like what's, what's going on. But I, if we got an effective bottom six center, uh, I mean, that's more than Carolina's getting out of Vincent Trojak right now. So Yeah. The, the sad, the sad uh, decline of Vincent Trojak continues to depress me. Doesn't depress me so much now that he's not on the Panthers anymore. But. I guess that's fair. <laughs> um, so let's move into Sweden and discuss the Panthers' second-round pick from the previous draft, Emil Heinemann, who's currently going between the Lexans U20 team and their SHL team. Uh, what do you think of his ability to make an impact at that pro level now? What did you think of the pick? What do you think of the player in terms of potential? Uh, well, let's start with the pick. So I I I did like Heinemann a lot, uh, but I think uh, where he was picked was a bit too rich for me. Uh, I would have preferred him in late in the second round, early in the third round, somewhere in that range. But I can definitely understand why why NHL teams want a guy like him I see very effective bottom six winger uh, who can play a physical style uh, so I think that adds some value to him as well uh, but yeah he he put up a ton of goals in, in the junior league but that's not really something that will translate to the pro level and we've already seen that in the SHL that in the SHL he, he's mostly been that energy player uh, he was given a chance to be more of an offensive player to start this season, uh, but wasn't really able to or wasn't ready for that type of a role. So I think that's why they're they're trying to find the perfect balance. That they're trying to find more offense from his game, uh, so that he could he could be a more valuable player for the SHL SHL team. Uh, it's still a working progress. Uh, but he's he's a really good player. Uh, I just don't see a ton of uh, upside in his game. Hmm. So I think that's that's why I didn't love the pick. Pick, but I think he's a pretty safe guy to become an NHL player. So he has all the necessary tools to be to be in the NHL in a few years, but uh, just maybe in a bottom six role. Yeah, I'm looking at a stat line right now: 26 goals in 29 games. Uh, for Lexon's uh, U20 team last season compared to two goals in 11 games at the SHL level. Uh, sorry, two points in 11 games uh, at, the SHL, uh, at the SHL level. And now this year, just one point in 12 games so far. Um, so not, uh, not a ton of uh, success uh, at the pro level. Uh, there is definitely something to be said for an 18-year-old playing in probably the third best professional league in the world. Um, especially if he's not really getting that like top six offensive time. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, again, you need, you need bottom six players. Uh, sometimes you can just plug guys in on the fourth line, but you need uh, I, I like having that top nine that can score. Obviously it's great if all four lines can score. Uh, he's clearly shown that he has that, uh, that offensive ability, at least at the junior level. So uh, I mean, we'll see how he develops. Sweden's uh, Sweden's a good place to learn. 
Yeah, definitely is, and and he he does have a really good one timer and a and a really good release on his wrist shot. So it's not like even if he's playing a bottom six role, he could put up like fifteen, twenty goals even, but maybe not not that many assists to go with that. But but yeah, so he has has some scoring upside for sure, uh, but not not probably not for for the top six. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so let's move into the last pr- primo finish guy that the Panthers have in their prospect pool. Uh, Alexi Heponiemi, he was a great in the WHL, put up an absurd amount of points, went to Liga the next year, excelled on the men's level. And then this year in the AHL, the last season, he just never found his footing. Uh, do you think that there's a problem with his game that it's not going to suit the North American pro game or do you think that there's some unrealized potential here with Alexi Hepaniemi? Well, I think both both could be uh, partially correct. So I think, first of all, uh, he should have spent another year in Finland. Uh, it was very obvious to me when, when, when the playoffs started, the game become more physical, more teams were defending more carefully, and he was struggling there. So during the regular season, he was able to put up points, uh, look really good. As soon as the playoffs started, uh, you could see that, okay, he, he still has a lot of work to do. And and that's why I think he should have stayed in Finland for another year. And, and the year in the AHL really hurt his confidence a lot. Uh, so I think that was definitely a wrong move for him. But uh, as far as the things that he needs to work on, I think the first is that he needs to add a lot of muscle and a lot of strength to his frame. He's still very, very skinny, not yeah. ready to play uh, in in the AHL because of that. Uh, it's it's a much more physical uh, battle style league compared to the European leagues where where you can avoid being hit um, more often. So I think that's the first and most important thing for him and really needs to hit the gym hard <laughs> for the <laughs> for the next year at least uh, but yeah and i think that will also help his skating a bit uh his skating is not really a strength for him uh but i i believe that it's partially because of the lack of strength that once he adds some muscles to his legs uh it's going to look a bit better he's going to be stronger on his feet and uh, so I think that will help a lot. There's there's still that offensive potential there, uh, but unfortunately, hey, he hasn't really worked on those uh, deficiencies like he should have. Well, I think the quarantine is a great time to work on those things that you can do in a gym rather than on the ice rink because you know those those places are typically closed. But there's nothing keeping you from going into the study or going into the home gym if you're lucky enough to have one and uh, just pumping some iron. So hopefully that's what Alexi Hebaniemi has been doing during the quarantine. So we're running out of time here, Yoki. Is there anything that you want to talk about in regards to the Panthers prospect pool before we let you go? Uh, Nothing comes to mind, so. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. So why don't you plug everything that you do with Dauber Prospects and elsewhere before we let you go? Yeah, well, well, First of all, uh, 
so we have the scouting team we are we're already scouting the 21 draft class now and we mm-hmm. will be releasing our next next rankings on uh maybe november 3rd somewhere around time so really 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 soon coming out the next version of our rankings it's going to be a top 100 ranking so Ooh, anyone curious nice. about the next anyone curious about the next uh, draft class uh, should should keep an eye on that and then we also have our own podcast with tony ferrari it's called doper's draftcast and mm-hmm. we try to do like two or three episodes every month uh, depending on on how we feel <laughs> feel about it but uh, yeah so that's that's maybe another thing that i'm doing on a regular basis uh, but yeah that's about it uh, mostly just scouting scouting the next draft class yeah and everyone keep your eyes out for uh, for the dower prospects 2021 draft rankings it's uh it seems a little bit more contentious than the 2020 rankings where everyone knew who the top five were going to be right off the bat uh, and drafts are always a little bit more fun when there's not really that clear cut uh, that clear cut top end so definitely keep your eyes out for that everyone and good news panthers fans Lots of good defensemen. Yep. <laughs> the D-draft, which is why we didn't draft a, a defenseman this year, didn't reach for one of those over, overrated, in my opinion, defensive prospects like a Braden Schneider or a Caden Gooley. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we're probably going to see like five or maybe six defensemen in the top 10. It's going to be a really D-heavy top 10 this, and- this upcoming year. If I'm not mistaken, possibly even another top 10 goalie, uh, this Wallstead kid is looking pretty good. Uh, so it's, uh, it's going to be a yeah. very interesting draft. So the Dauber Prospects, uh, the Dauber Prospects scouting reports are going to be uh, something that you all definitely need to look out for. I'm, I'm looking forward to them personally. I know that for sure. Well, Yoki, thank you so much for joining us again. Hopefully we'll get to talk to you once the 2021 draft comes around and we've seen the Panthers take Maybe maybe another Finn, maybe a Swede, maybe a Russian, somebody in Europe that you would have a closer eye on. Let's be Hopefully real, probably be a happens. Finn. We love our Finns. Yeah, that's true. As long as we have a Kekalainen on our scouting staff, we're taking <laughs> Finns in the first round, <laughs> except for Spencer Knight, I guess. And you know what? Just let me have the joke. Okay. <laughs> Yoki, yeah, okay, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203.